Free Talk Live. Welcome to the show. You're listening to the live Sunday edition of Free Talk Live. You can hear us uh, every single night of the week, but uh, we're glad that you're joining us tonight. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Mark. Sunday is kind of special, though, Stephanie. It is. It's the only day you can hear me and Mark together. Aren't you lucky? (laughs) Mark is feeling a little under the weather tonight, so we're going to wish him well. If I I sound funny, I'm sorry. I can hear it a little bit in your voice, but we we all hope you get better soon. It's sort of that winter cold season, huh? It's the downfall of sending your child to any kind of uh, group education Oh, you mean uh, the group Petri dishes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, (laughs) because all all anyone has to do is watch a small child for just a few minutes, and you'll realize that, you know, they they have no concern for hygiene, whatever. Mm. And so uh, when you get several of them together it's, it's not a good thing yeah, you got to challenge your immune system that's right that's so, what i want 855-450-FREE is our phone number that's 855-450-3733 that is uh what you can call to get in touch with us this evening you're welcome to bring up anything that's on your mind free talk live is an open phones show so we encourage well discussions about anything But meantime, I think we're going to start off with something that we found really interesting. There's been a report that's come out of the Wall Street Journal, Mark, and what they're saying is pretty shocking. They've uncovered a massive government surveillance program, and you probably didn't even know that you were subject to this. So let me uh, know some more about it, Mark. Yeah, this was this is actually from Slate.com, but it is uh, accrediting the uh, the Wall Street Journal article. Um, It's by Ryan Gallagher. And it says, uh, and I love this first line. I mean, this is a this is a doozy here. When a former senior White House official describes a nationwide surveillance effort as breathtaking, you know, civil liberties activists are preparing for a fight. And that really does sum it up. I mean, you know, a White House official is surprised and finds this shocking. Yeah, you figure they they always see the sausage being made. They know the inner right. workings of the state and. It's machinations of spying on people. So they've already proven by this. that they believe that we're livestock for their you know tax uh, you know tax feeding ways. Yeah. So to see more government intrusion than they're prepared to to handle is uh, well breathtaking. The Wall Street Journal reported today, and this is a few days old, that the little known. National Counterterrorism Center, based in an unmarked building in McLean, Virginia, has been granted sweeping new authority to store and monitor massive data sets about innocent Americans. After international wrangling over privacy and civil liberties issues, uh, excuse me, internal, um, can you imagine how, how hard the government officials must wrangle over your privacy and civil liberties issues? I mean, it must keep them up at night. <laughs> Good heavens. No, wrong. No. <laughs> government bureaucrats don't care anything about your privacy and civil liberties. No, so, I think they they believe that they own your data, you know, that they should be able to inspect it at any time that they want to. And somehow you owe it to them that you shouldn't be keeping secrets for them like a bad little kid whose parents want to read their diary or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it really like. comes down to is the belief that they are your parents, that they are your superiors. Yeah, um, because that's the only that's the only way that anyone can accept this kind of thing is the belief that these people are our superiors. You would never let an inferior inspect your data. Data. You wouldn't even let an equal. You know. A, I think you would an equal in the sense that uh, if you could enter into if a it went contract both ways, with them, maybe sure. Yeah, if you enter into a contract with them, like the, uh, the the phone company or something like that, of course you'll let them have some some data to do their jobs. Eh, but I don't know. Some people just really like privacy and need a lot of privacy. 
And so I can see that maybe they would want to choose a service where maybe they choose a phone company if they had choices, because sometimes they don't give you a lot of choices. Phone companies sometimes end up being kind of monopolies because they're granted privileges by the state, right? That it's very difficult for new phone companies to start up. And so there are a few of them. So there aren't that many choices for people to choose from. So if somebody really loves privacy and wants a ton of privacy, they may not have that option in the marketplace that we have today. But if you're talking about like a, I don't know, I, I was thinking of like a relationship with a a significant other where maybe you say, oh yeah, that's fine. I don't mind if you read my emails and I'll, I don't mind you know, reading your emails. My wife has my social security number. I mean, she has to fill out things now and then. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure I have hers somewhere. I just don't care. So, you know, I don't use it anyway. uh, Your wife is unlikely to be like spying on you. Well, maybe they are likely to be spying on you. She keeps an eye on me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I take that back. When I bring receipts back from places, she's like, oh, hmm, you got this. And often it's eating that she's concerned with, you know, me getting a little tubbier all the time. She cares about you, Mark. She has your best interest at That's heart. right. <laughs> She's doing it for your own good. I think she does. <laughs> However, it's my option to let her have that information. So the Justice Department reportedly signed off on controversial new guidelines earlier this year. The guidelines allow the NCTC, I guess that's what they're calling the National Counterterrorism Center, because, God, the government loves acronyms, for the first time to keep data about innocent U.S. citizens for up to five years using predictive pattern matching well you know they might be guilty in the first place or eventually over that five years they might be guilty at some point in the future so we have to keep their data just in case and really honestly when the computer's got the data and it's predicting some kind of model it's not like it forgets the old data yeah right what are they going to do still predicting a model yeah they'll just add more servers and keep it around yeah and did you know that their their algorithm you know if you're if you're a person who likes liberty or maybe if you're you have an arab name you're going to match their algorithm. Isn't that funny? Yeah, well, here it is. It's just all kinds of things that match it. To, to analyze it for suspicious patterns of behavior, the data um, the Counterterrorism Center has access to, according to the journal, includes entire government databases, flight records, casino employee lists, the names of Americans hosting foreign exchange students, Wait and a minute. So many others. What do casinos and foreign exchange students have anything to do Everything with? Everything that the government has. It says, you know, entire government databases. Anything they got that might link you in some way, shape, or form. This is pattern recognition. So they're going to have all kinds of things. You know, when they, when they, when they come up with profiles uh, about a you know, killer or something like that, you know, they're not talking about one individual. They're talking about people that kind of, you know, fit this model. Yeah. And so they're just trying to find people that fit di- all kinds of different, uh, uh, you know, little matchups of, of theirs. Well, and the harder they look, the more they're going to find, right? And how quality is that data going to be? Are there going to be a lot of people who, who are innocent? And they're admitting that they're innocent, right? They're just starting off with a bunch of innocent people and storing their data and seeing what they can find. It's basically a giant dragnet. And there are going to be a lot of people who get caught up in it. And- it's a huge, expensive dragnet, um, for one. And yeah. I, you know, I'm speaking as a guy who was traveling with my co-host, Ian Freeman, the rest of the week. Um, it, you know, Ian and I do the show uh, from, I guess, I'm off on Fridays. So it's Monday through Thursday. And then Saturday, we do the show together. And we've been doing the show for 10 years and he got stopped in the airport six times 
for four flights. It was uh, two legs going in and two legs coming back from Los Angeles. And this was about a month and a month and a half ago. And, you know, I don't know how they, this is some predictive model that they have because he participates in civil disobedience and had been arrested for civil disobedience. They decided that he needed to, you know, extra special blue glove love. And mm-hmm. they, you know, stopped. Stop. I'm traveling with him. So they decided I, you know, my junk needed a little fondling, too. I can corroborate this because I was actually half just happened to be on one of the same flights as you. Oh, so right. I, I saw this happen once. Yep. And, and it's absolutely true. It is stunning. And so what's it going to be like? You know, hey, so they're looking at my data. Well, so they looked at Ian's data, too. And then they came to a conclusion. So if they're looking at the data, they're going to be coming to conclusions about the data. If they come to conclusions about the data, they're going to decide that they need to act on those conclusions. What is that action going to look like on these conclusions? They have the power, as I understand it from the Patriot Act, still to go into your house, take a look around, and not inform you for 30 days that it happened. I've never heard of anybody, by the way, who's been informed. I forgot about that one, yeah. I've never heard of anybody who's been informed about this uh, 30 days situation. And uh, when they start going through your house and looking around, let's be clear, Mr. and Mrs. America, you're probably breaking some laws. Right. I mean, here in New Hampshire, anybody who's been convicted of a felony that has a steak knife in their drawer is a felon once again. Um, Now, that's if you don't live in New Hampshire. Let's talk about any expired medications you have in the, uh, the cabinet. If you've got some expired pain pills... That's a felony. That's for the people who believe that they have nothing to hide. It's Free Talk Live, 855-453. What laws are you breaking that you don't even know about? In every age, a technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Welcome back to Free Talk Live. It's the live Sunday night edition with Stephanie and Mark. And freetalklive.com is our website. That's freetalklive.com. Well, that was an abrupt ending. (laughs) Freetalklive.com is our website, and it has a cool feature there, which you will notice as soon as you visit the website. It's right there on the front page, where you can actually submit stories that Maybe you find interesting and you think others would too. There they can get voted up or voted down. And the ones that get the most upvotes will make it to the top of the page. And they'll be immediately visible as soon as you visit the website. And often you and I check those for show prep, don't we, Mark? Oh, yes. That's a primary source for show prep. Yep. So that's at freetalklive.com. And of course, if you have something you want to bring up right now, you don't want to wait for it to get voted up or voted down and you're available to call us. The number is 855-450-FREE. That is 855-450-3733. It is, after all, a talk show, right? Yeah. We love to talk to our listeners. So um, if you're looking for Bitcoins, bitinstant.com is the fastest, safest, easiest way to acquire Bitcoins. Bitinstant.com makes it possible for you to deposit money at more than one million locations, including your computer at home. 
in more than 30 countries around the world. All you have to do is go to bitinstant.com, select how you want to fund your account and where your account is, and then make the deposit. It's that easy, bitinstant.com. If you don't know what Bitcoins are, you can go to bitcoin.freetalklive.com. There's a link to BitInstant there and several other links that will explain Bitcoins a little more thoroughly. But suffice to say, it's an open source peer-to-peer alternative currency made for the internet um, that allow you to send and receive money without having to pay any fees and gives you complete control over your account. It's uh, Bitcoins, and you can go to uh, bitinstant.com to buy them and bitcoin.freetalklive.com to check them out. Sounds very useful to me. So um, tell me more about this National Counterterrorism Center that is being used to spy on innocent Americans. Yeah. So, um, you know, going on here from the the Slate.com article that's uh, quoting the Wall Street Journal. And by the way, just sorry to interject, but we knew that there were lots of civil liberties abuses with the Patriot Act and the um, uh, NSA wiretapping scandals and even the NDAA. But we didn't know about this particular one. This is like another uh, happening in the this battery of assaults on American civil liberties. Notably, the journal uh, reports that these changes are also databases about U.S. civilians to be handed over to foreign governments for analysis, presumably so that they can attempt to determine future criminal action. Wow, seriously? Yep, it also allows that. Yep. The Department of Homeland Security's... Now, it's interesting that the government would even do such a thing, but... You know, why do I care? Why do I care if it's the government of Spain or Great Britain or, you know, you pick your country that Israel, the United States turning this information over to? Because I don't trust this government. Who does? Who trusts this government? Not me. I can't defend them. I mean, there's a a statement out there. There was some poll out there where it was like 9% of uh, Americans believe that the uh, the U.S. government had the the, uh, consent of the the government. Yes, I remember that one. So, you know, I I think that that 9% is probably people who work for the government. Yeah, it's a total joke. Although, um, isn't there some, like in some other countries, they don't have the same... I guess, explicit protections. I mean, I know that they violate this stuff all the time. Habeas sure. corpus, like Bradley Manning was held forever without charges. And right. In other countries, they don't stuff. pretend as hard. Right. Yeah. So maybe some people would be upset about that. But man, it just goes to show, like, you can't be private anymore. Unless your parents start you from like the, the day that you were born <laughs> and you're born in the middle of the woods. Nobody ever knows about you. You never go on the Internet. You're not going to be private. And so the question becomes, how do we deal with it and how do we protect ourselves, knowing that it's so difficult, almost to the point of impossibility to have privacy anymore over our data? The Department of Homeland Security's former chief privacy officer said that it represents a, a sea change in the way that the government interacts with the general public. So, really? That's funny, because I thought they were pretty abusive before. I, well, apparently the Department of Homeland Secur- Security's former Chief Privacy Officer says everything has changed with this new directive from the Justice Department. It's a pretty strong statement. There was no lawsuit that allowed this. There was no law passed that allowed this. This, ladies and gentlemen, I'm afraid it's been occurring for decades and... You know, you were just under the presumption. I guess it's probably held over from a time when maybe this was more or less true or, you know, more true. Maybe that the, it's the a government of the people, by the people, for the people, because it's nonsense now. 
This isn't a this isn't an agreement made by po- our re- representatives as if they really do. Yeah. None of that stuff. This is just a Justice Department bureaucratic rule. So I have a question. Since this was uncovered, obviously it had to be uncovered by some organization slate, I guess, or oh, this the, is it was the Wall Street Journal. Wall Street Journal did this one, yep. So they were trying to keep this secret, I suppose. But now that it's out in the open, is there a possibility that someone could sue them or challenge, you know, the government somehow in court in the government's own courts? Yes, but I, I'd say that that's uh, that, that is a certainty that uh, you will see that happening. Um, the the Civil Liberties Union, American Civil Liberties Union, will uh, certainly be on the job as far as uh, doing something like that. But you know, they don't always win, right. and there's it, only so much they can do. And if at any rate, it's going to be caught up in the court system. Even if it does get challenged, it's going to be in process for years, just like the NDAA thing was. It's been challenged so many times in court and overruled and overturned and over, you know, those have been overturned, but it's still not resolved, you know. And so this is going to be the way it goes and it'll keep happening for the next couple of years while this challenge tries to work its way through the so-called justice system, through the legal system. The legal system is yeah. probably more accurate. <laughs> and they're going to keep spying on us and who knows what they do with that data. Say, well, and once they get stopped, they're like, oops, sorry. And they'll, of course, they'll delete all that information, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> they don't delete information. Why <laughs> would they delete information? Yeah, ridiculous. But yeah, th- this is really what it comes down to. And-, and these are the people who won't let you, who won't even tell you their name oftentimes when you're interacting with them. You know, these are the people who won't allow you to record them, to write about them, to even know who they are. But yet they the government's all about about secrets. Yeah. And you don't get to keep any. Right. I I mean, you know, somehow or another, how can this be a government of the people, by the people and for the people when the government keeps so many things secret? I mean, the Bradley Manning case, if nothing else reveals just a, you know, a smidge of a glimpse into the world of the kind of just useless bureaucracy that is kept secret. The, the, you know, the, the non, I mean, things that are, you know, why not? If you have the ability to keep things secret from the public, why wouldn't you do it? So they just do it and it just grows every year. The more they just make more and more things secret. How can I make a decision as a citizen? And I'm talking as as somebody who took civics class here, not as somebody who actually believes this tripe. Okay, that you owe a duty of allegiance in exchange for protection. I'm just saying, how can I as a citizen possibly make an informed decision on who my my our, our government should be? Without knowing the information about the government, yeah. who's been doing a good job and who's been doing a bad job. I can't make those decisions. And it's really frustrating because it's not as though there's really somewhere you can go easily that you can just leave and be free because you can't. I mean, where, right. where do you go? Well, many people would say, if you don't like it here, well, why don't you just leave, yeah. you pinko commie? Easier said than done. Uh, where should we go? <laughs> Call us 855-450-FREE. Seriously. Free Talk Live. Are you looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear? ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices. Ammunition, knives, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, and boating equipment. ManVentureOutpost.com is family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and has the lowest prices. Go check it for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com.
This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Live Sunday Night Edition with Stephanie. And Mark. I'm going to try to save his voice as much as possible because <laughs> he's feeling a little under the weather. Um, if Hey, if you want to watch Free Talk Live and not just listen to it, if you want to turn it into a TV show, or maybe if you want to chat with other Free Talk Live listeners, then you should visit cam.freetalklive.com. There'll be a car chase in the next break. Really? That's quite a promise, Mark. <laughs> I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. But cam.freetalklive.com shows you what the studio looks like while we're doing the show. Of course, we're live every night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, but there is a chat going on at the Free Talk Live cam all the time. And I think there is some audio playing there, no matter what. Yeah, yeah as a matter of fact... Uh, at, at, Even if we're live or not. The, right. The, the recorded show plays there all the time, um, you know, 24 hours a day at the cam.freetalklive.com. So you can go and listen to the last show if it's not 7p to 10p Eastern time, seven days a week. And Free Talk Live, I think, is the only, eh, no, coast to coast does it also. Um, so they do seven days a week also. So anyway, Free Talk Live, one of the very few shows that provides you all seven days. So, um, statelesssweets.com. This is candy that's all natural and handmade and made Sweet, with the finest ingredients. Delicious, it is. sticky treats, nutty, They're melt really, in your mouth. Really, really good stuff <laughs> at statelesssweets.com. And, you know, it's great to have for your holiday party, but I think that it's getting to be about the time that uh, Jillian has uh, piled up enough orders that she may not be able to guarantee your stuff gets out. I know a way to make sure that it happens though just pay a little extra money (laughs) but but lots of people are going to want to have candies for the new year's party coming up too so statelesssweets.com it's uh, all spelled out ran together as one word and yes there are three s's piled together when you put stateless and sweets together it has three s's Uh, statelesssweets.com to get the the best candies. Uh, Jillian has sent some here to the studio. We've been delighted. As a matter of fact, I, as I hear, Stephanie, more are on their way. Now, I know you don't indulge. You just take a look at how delightful they, they are. I watch the looks on other people's faces as they're going, oh, my God, these are so good. <laughs> <laughs> Chocolate-covered pistachio brittle. Uh, salted caramel, uh, excuse me, salted honey caramels, English toffee, and the best fudge you've ever tasted. That's just a, some of the candies they, they have over there at statelesssweets.com. I cannot recommend them more highly for people who are not on paleo and low-carb diets, diets statelesssweets.com. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mark. So, okay, I guess there's more on this story about the government adding a new layer of bureaucracy and spying and expanding their grip, I guess, on Americans' data to stunning new levels. What I think is so interesting about this article is the the quotes from the bureaucrats that are like sweeping, stateless, un, or excuse me, stateless, uh, un, <laughs> stateless sweets. <laughs> You'll never uh, catch a bureaucrat saying that. <laughs> stunning. <laughs> uh, that's another one that they use. Sweeping and unprecedented, uh, breathtaking. These are all words that Government officials and former officials have used to describe this a sea change. The snooping effort, which officials uh, say is subject to rigorous oversight. So they're claiming, of course, we're watching ourselves. The watchers are watching themselves. Oh, yeah. Just trust them. It'll be fine. They won't abuse it. Their it's, power or anything like that. Well, I mean, think about all the government officials that have been sent to, to jail for, in the last few decades for overstepping their bounds. 
Uh, I can't think of any. Not one. Not overstepping. Not one time has any government official ever been sent to jail, uh, you know, tried for treason or anything like that for infringing the rights of, of, of individuals inside the government. Yes, sometimes we on the outside will catch them, but it's very, very, very rare that they will, uh, you know, police and stuff will be caught, um, you know, uh, for these things. And I've never heard of anybody in the CIA, the NSA, or any intelligence uh, organization ever being thrown into jail for anything but spying on the for the other side or releasing information to the public. Yeah, and I can't even remember the last time. Now, that if happened. they if they throw you in jail for releasing information to the public, who do they consider the enemy? <laughs> That's a great question. Okay, it's, it's reminiscent of the so-called total information awareness initiative that was dreamt up after the aftermath of nine eleven by the Pentagon's research unit, DARPA. The aim of the TIA, um, because we don't want to say that again, uh, initiative was to essentially create a kind of uh, ubiquitous pre-crime surveillance regime monitoring public and private databases. Yeah. Wasn't part of that also that, like, you know, the person who reads the electric meter or the cable guy would, like, report any suspicious activity that they observed in your home to the government? Well, they're keeping an eye on you, aren't they? Yeah. What do you got to hide? Well, people were outraged about that. I remember, I literally remember hearing about that after 9-11 and just the uproar that people were in. And communications weren't even like, there weren't all these internet articles and it wasn't so easy to access information, but somehow everybody knew about this and they were pissed. But nowadays, I think a story like this comes out and I just, where's the outrage? Like, why aren't, are people just yawning when they hear this news and saying, Oh, no big deal. It's just kind of the same thing we have already been experiencing. You know, it's the two-step forward, one-step-back situation. Now people are used to it. Other similar efforts have continued, such as uh, through the work of the Department of Homeland Security's Intelligence Gathering Fusion Centers. Most recently, fusion centers were subjected to scathing criticism from congressional investigators who found that they were accumulating masses of data about suspicious activity that was not of any use at all. The intelligence being swept up, the investigators found, was oftentimes shoddy, rarely timely, sometimes endangering citizens' civil liberties and Privacy Act protections. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) Well, they, they have a much lower threshold for what they consider a violation of my civil rights than what I do. I don't think they or should a be ga- threshold. Right. I don't think they should be gathering any information at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, There's also this thing that came out recently about the text messages that the government I forget which part of government, but they wanted all the phone companies to save people's text messages for at least 2 years, right? Yeah, and they they, they believe in this case that they want you to hold them to hold on to it so that they can ask for it when they need it. Mm-hmm. It's different than collecting it themselves. In this case, that's what they're doing here is they're just collecting it all from innocent people as opposed to deciding somebody might be guilty of something and therefore requesting the information. Yeah, I think that's the difference or that's the turning point that nowadays we are starting. And that's why I connected those two recent stories in my mind is because they're actually targeting everyone, innocent people. It's no longer you can just say, oh, well, they're going after other people. I'm not a terrorist, so I don't have to worry about it, right? Now you are subject to it no matter who you are. You know, and the reason I read these stories on the air is not because I want to elicit phone calls necessarily. be great if somebody would call in on these subjects, but I – because I don't really expect anyone to call in and disagree. 
I don't imagine that there's too many Americans out there that are like, oh, yeah, the government's, well, they don't have nearly enough information to keep us safe, you know, because, <laughs> I mean, at this point, who in their right mind could say that? I mean, it just seems like it's gone yeah. beyond the breadth and scope of uh, whatever anyone would even imagine. It's just shy of Minority Report at this point, from what I can tell. I mean, that's essentially what they're talking about is predictive models and they want to get the information ahead of time. Now, they won't incarcerate you ahead of time, but who knows what they're going to do? They're going to do something with this information. Mm -hmm. So if you think that now this is it, this is it for the government. They've got enough information and they shouldn't need to go any further. I'd love to hear that. If you think that, of course, that they need to go further still, I'd love to hear that, too. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. That's our phone line. It's uh, sponsored by SACL CAI, by the way, toll-free line. And I have, uh, but but when it comes to to governments holding information, it's, I just don't see the value in it um, for the average citizen. I mean, really? So human freedom isn't a value to you? I, I I just don't. Uh, to govern governments are agencies that uh, you know there's their expressed purpose is to limit your freedom mm-hmm. that's what they say the the social contract as it were is a contract you never signed that says that uh, in order to live here you must give up certain amounts of freedom by the way those freedoms will continue to be given up as time goes by as we get bigger and more efficient yeah the we- social contract keeps changing yes, right the contract isn't <laughs> the, the contract same that you never saw in the first place oh by the way we can change it anytime we want and you can never change it <laughs> i don't know demark do you think people are just getting used to it just being used to being tracked and everything is known about them is there a generation that's growing up with all this info out there they might as well just realize that they're nothing but tax livestock for these bureaucrats are you a tax livestock? Are you uh, into privacy? Let us know. 855-453. It's Free Talk Live. Do you have a website or product that you make available to people nationally or even internationally? Free Talk Live is heard on more than 100 radio stations and 2XM channels. FTL's also been voted five times the best political podcast of the year and four times been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list, the 100 most important radio programs in the country. We can do ad packages for you from as little as $500 a month on up to $3,000. I'll work with you to customize a package that will work within your budget. Contact me, Mark, at mark at freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the Live Sunday edition with Stephanie. And Mark. And poor Mark's voice is a little bit rough, so we're going to save him and read it. I'm going to read something next. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I just want to remind you that news.freetalklive.com has all kinds of ways that you can keep in touch with the show. You'll find an email list there that you can sign up for and get email updates about, you know, when we add a new station or something big like that happens with the show. But if you want to get sort of like the scoop on what's going on during the live show, maybe you aren't able to tune in live, but you want to know the things that we're talking about and see other listeners that tweet at Free Talk Live, you can follow us on Twitter at Free Talk Live, all one word. There's a link there, news.freetalklive.com. And you can also like our Facebook page, and there you'll have a chance to interact with other people who listen and also get the scoop and keep up to date with Free Talk Live. And, of course, 855-450-FREE is our phone number. That is 855-450-3733. We kind of started off the show, Mark, talking about this egregious infringement on innocent people's privacy, right, uh, 
a database belonging to the government, storing all kinds of data on them and aggregating it, giving it, you know, supplying it to foreign countries, doing whatever they want with it, essentially. Whatever they want with it. And I asked the question, you know, where would you go if you were to leave the U.S.? It gets so bad at some points, I think... Oh, I don't really want to be here. I better split. But then, like, I, where would I go? Well, yeah, I think that I think that that's um, you know many people who are up on the news. They say to themselves, they look at the you know they 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 look at the news. They say, oh, this is bad news. And uh, you know, if you were to watch the local news, you'd think there was a lot of killing going on. And all in all, there's not. Um, the United States, in, to my mind, is still the best place in the world to at least make money. Is it the freest place in the world? No. And there's lots of uh, evidence to point to that. If you still believe the United States is the freest country on earth, I'm sorry. The, I, you know, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to show you some some views that are contrary. Um, but 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. Because I just don't believe that anymore. But it is the place where the most money is moving around, and so therefore it's the place to make money well. Now, maybe if Isn't I was that a young essentially man, essentially just riding on the productivity of the past. In that's a lot of ways, what that's I th- true. I think is going on. There was more freedom in the area of uh, economic freedom in the past, and uh, you know that that holds over. Plus, you got to look at the rest. Of, I mean, look at Europe; it's a disaster area. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, you know, uh, China is probably going to be going through a real estate bubble here in the near future. Maybe Southeast Asia is the place for a young man right now i've heard a lot of people suggest that maybe it is maybe it isn't um but or a young woman it, well yeah I, I i should say um i'm thinking of myself here a young person may be able to make uh you know do do quite well there i don't know but they're not really good when it comes to social, social freedoms. freedoms not at all yeah so yeah it's an empire in decline for sure the u.s that's how i think of it anyway if you want to be free the place to be free, as far as I'm concerned, is a boat. Um, it's unlikely you're going to be seeing, you know, being having trouble with the uh, the government on a boat. But then again, they can board your vessel anytime they want to search it for drugs or whatever. Damn. Yeah, it's a real tough question. Where do you go for the most freedom? So if you have any thoughts on it, give us a call, 855-450-FREE, one more time. And in the meantime, let's go to Georgia, listening in Columbus, Ohio. Georgia? Hi. Hi, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Oh, hi. I just wanted to share an interesting story. Um, are, are you guys familiar with um, the artist John Mayer? Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, he has a song called uh, Why Georgia Why. I'm not sure if you're uh, familiar with that song. It goes, why Georgia why? But anyway, um, <laughs> he wrote that it. song for me cause, because uh, we were dating uh, back in the day, and he wrote you, it because we fucked a lot. You were dating John Mayer. Okay. That's awesome. Well, he got dumped. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't sound like a woman. It didn't. It sounds like a young man. Not very convincing, Georgia. There. No. Well, you know, whatever. If you get a voice that's that high, what what else are you going to do besides pretending to be a woman? Yeah. Okay. So I wanted to talk about something a little bit different here, Mark. Which is, are, you're familiar with speaking of songs, Gangnam Style, right? Yes. It's uh, the most popular YouTube video ever. Is it? Right? Is that so? I mean, yes. I know that it had like a billion views and that is, it's phenomenal. I, I had a friend don't over. I don't understand why that video is the most popular. Uh, it, the dance is amazing. 
If you've seen it's the not dance, that amazing. It's silly. I've seen it's, more impressive things on YouTube. It's 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 difficult to do, and it's kind of silly. And I think that uh, people are amazed by sort of the phantasmagoria of it all. I had a uh, gal over at my house, uh, you know, that was she was brought over her son to play with uh, with my son Jack, and she hadn't seen it. There's lots of folks like that around here in Keene that wouldn't necessarily be hanging out on YouTube looking at Gangnam Style or whatever it is. And, you know, showed it to her when she was over on Wednesday. And I guess she was amused for a little while. We didn't actually watch it all the way through. So consider that many of the people, many of the views aren't total views. Well, apparently. okay, so this has gotten to extreme heights of popularity. Most people know what this is, even a lot older people. It's doing well on the music charts also. But apparently, one of the reasons for the success of this, not only the song, but the video, has been because PSY or... Psy? Psy. That's what I... Let's call him Psy. This is how hip I am, that I don't know how to pronounce his name. (laughs) Um, Psy has just waived copyright on the video and the music so that anyone can use it any way they like. Mm -hmm. And that has resulted in a lot of parodies and a lot of different versions of it. And because he's open to people remixing his work yeah. and using it how they want, and then those get popular, and then it, it's promotion for his original song. Apparently, he's making just a ton of money off of ads on the YouTube videos. Are you saying that allowing people to use your work that doesn't destroy your profitability? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And apparently, it's borne out by the evidence here. And so there's been, a, apparently, this is from Tech Dirt. There's an article here saying that Psy has made 8.1 million dollars by ignoring copyright infringements of Gangnam Style, and he's done that from YouTube ads and iTunes downloads, and um, this has been all basically because he ignores copyright infringements. Really, it's I mean it's amazing, and um, what. Uh I mean, so, I mean, people are just taking little bits of it and playing with it like they used to do with rap music back in the 80s and that kind of thing. Well, funny you should mention that because I watched a documentary a little while ago called Good Copy, Bad Copy. Okay. And it's about basically copyright in the music industry. And Mm -hmm. it starts out with a discussion about sampling. And I think the first person to do sampling was NWA. They had a song where they played like three notes of a song by... uh, George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic. And so they played these three notes and they sped them up or reversed them or something like that. They sampled George Clinton's music, basically. Mm -hmm. And then they had a popular song that came out of that. And they were sued by the record label of George uh, Clinton Mm -hmm. for doing this. And they, I think they were ruled against that this was copyright infringement. Really? Yeah. Okay. Three notes. Yeah. and I mean, they couldn't come up with... Three notes. I mean, you just can't play three notes in a row. I don't know. I guess they wanted How many it to notes have that sound row? like it was coming from a record or something, yeah. something sure, like sure. that. And but yeah, how many notes does it have to be? That's like plagiarism. It's like if you say three words. This is what I learned in school, even in graduate school. Mm-hmm. If you use a phrase that has three words, excluding things like the and a and okay. n, that are somebody else's, you have plagiarized their work, and so. How does that make sense? Couldn't someone come up with the same combination of three words and accidentally write the same thing that someone else wrote? That seems to me to be taking intellectual property to an absurd level. Well, I guess um, as the way copyright goes, 
that if you were to write, if you were to use the same three notes without thinking about the other song, then you have not committed uh, copyright fraud. But if you ha- did think about the other song, then I guess the three notes, um, I don't know how many notes it would be, but um, then, then you did. Um, if you thought about the other song, then you violated their copyright. But if you didn't think about the other song, then you didn't. You could write the exact same song as Madonna did, and if you can sort of prove in some way that you'd never heard her song, then it's your song also. Now, so there has to be intent behind it? I mean, how yes. do you prove that? yes. Well, intent, That's very strange. Be, because if it's ubiquitous enough, you would have to prove that you didn't have the intention. I mean, if I'm sitting on the jury and... So silly. Ideas should be free. I mean, it, when you get to a certain point with music, especially music that's produced on some you know certain set of in- instruments and is in a certain style like pop music, it's like it's all been done before. There's a, a DJ, um, DJ Earworm, mm-hmm. and he's famous because he makes these mashup songs, which is basically taking little clips of every top 20 pop song of a certain year, and he makes a mix every year, mm-hmm. and he puts them together and he makes a new song. And one of his FAQs is like, well, does this mean that all pop music is the same? And he says, well, no, he, he manipulates the music, changes the pitch to make it go together, but... They do. It's funny how well they flow together naturally. Hmm. 855-450-FREE. This is Free Talk Live. Tell us how you like to ignore copyright. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, the live Sunday night edition with me, Stephanie. And me, Mark. Me, Mark. And me, Mark, yes. And I want to let you know about archives.freetalklive.com. You may be hearing the sound of our voices live right now, or you maybe you're listening in the future on the podcast, but did you know that all of the archives of Free Talk Live, which is was nearly a daily show for most of its history and is now a daily show, are available at archives.freetalklive.com. There you're going to find MP3s of Free Talk Live episodes that go all the way back to 2006. So there's a lot of entertainment there. And if you ever miss a minute of the program, you know where to go. It's archives.freetalklive.com. Oh, also, the last seven days of the show are up on the website, right at the, the header, the or the subheader, I guess. They're up at the top of the website at freetalklive.com. If you're looking for camping, hunting, survival, or shooting gear, ManVentureOutpost.com carries the name brands you want at the lowest prices on ammunition, knives, scopes, binoculars, laser sights, tactical flashlights, fish finders, optics, firearm accessories, archery, air guns, holsters, water purification, tents, apparel, boating equipment, and more. ManVentureOutpost.com. They're family-owned, members in good standing of the Better Business Bureau, and they've got the lowest prices. Go check for yourself. Get it quick. Get it from ManVentureOutpost.com. All right, Mark. Now, we're going to go into a topic here, kicking off the second hour of the show, that's been 
sort of special to us, I guess, since we started the Sunday Free Talk Live edition. We've talked a lot about the death penalty and about specifically the flaws in the death penalty, you know, uh, starting with giving the state the power to execute people and going all the way through the arguments to, hey, look, people make mistakes. The justice system or it's the legal system is not perfect. And there have been people who were executed from death row who were actually innocent. And the Innocence Project, as we've cited numerous times, has a lot of statistics about this. And in this case, there's a story that's come out recently from uh, this is from rawstory.com just within the last week of a DNA test which freed a man who had lived on death row for 15 years. He was Can you imagine innocent. being on death row for 15 years. I spent I can't I spent 8 years, 6 months, 21 days in prison mm-hmm. and you know, life wasn't terrible there. You get kind of used to it over time. Uh, you know, and I managed to rise to the top of the prison. I mean, it's, it's you know, not high praise, mind you. I was the staff canteen operator and things like that. But I can't imagine for a second. It was it was bad enough being stuck on the same 33 acre plot of land for six years. I, you know, they'd sometimes move you from prison to prison um, for six years at a time. You know, it was one I was in one place. But to be in the same six by eight cell, it's absolutely maddening. I'm not saying it could be maddening. I'm saying it is maddening. It's going to drive a person insane. Yeah, I can totally imagine that. And to spend 15 years on death row, just probably the things that you would see there are pretty horrifying. They're, you're among a bunch of people who know that they're waiting to die, mm-hmm. essentially. That can't be a very hopeful or happy place in any way. No, no. At least uh, some of the normal or regular prison inmates know that they will get out eventually especially if they can keep, you know, hanging on for a couple more years or something like that. But to be on death row for 15 years, imagine how that changes you as a person, that changes your outlook on life and everything. I and can't to be even imagine. actually innocent. Um, so, well, I mean, you know, um, the, the innocence aspect, no one believes that anyway. Once you get in, no one cares. The guards don't care. The you know, No one cares. You've been found guilty. It doesn't matter whether you're innocent. Yeah, yeah, you're innocent. So is everybody else. Shut right. up. Get in the cage, kid. Yeah. I'm uh, just guessing here, but uh, I'm wondering if this is, uh, oh, no, he's a white person. I was wondering if he was black because, you know, the there's predom- a disproportionate amount of uh, people of color on the on death rows all yeah. across country um, because not only is it more likely if, uh, you know, not as it uh, it's only a disproportionate amount in prison, but it gets even more disproportionate on death row because right. because I you know I guess white people are more likely to be wealthy, so therefore they're more likely to have a lawyer, so therefore they're less likely to go to death row. I don't know. Uh, the Innocence Project website also had something on it that I found interesting, which was a study that was saying that basically people are more likely to misidentify someone who is of a dis- yeah, different that race than them. Like, sure. so if, if a, it's a white person looking at a lineup of black people, they're more likely to not accurately identify the perpetrator or whatever. Yeah. I bet that makes, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyway, let me read you what's going on here from the raw story. This is by Ed Pilkington from the guardian actually. So they're like, just the raw story can aggregate some news articles. So they're picking it up from the guardian. So every morning, Damon Thibodeau wakes up in his temporary digs in Minneapolis and wonders when his newfound freedom is going to come crashing down. You think you're going to wake up and find that it was just a dream, he says. 
when he stepped out of Angola jail in Louisiana. Louisiana, that's the worst. That that has the reputation yeah. of being the worst prison in America. Does it really? Oh wow. There's um, you can argue it from different angles um, as to what you think the worst is. The supermax out in Colorado certainly very bad, mm. but Angola is a, is a very violent, awful place. Oh wow. And I think it has no air conditioning too. Ugh, in the swamp there. Yeah, can't be nice. I know tix- Texas is the most likely to kill. Uh, Oklahoma. As, oh. as a uh, te- Texas kills more people, Oklahoma does it as a higher percentage of the population. Gotcha. Okay. So several guards were at the gate to wish him well when he stepped out of Angola, addressing him for the first time in 16 years as Mr. Thibodeau. No offense, he said, but I hope I never see you again. Yeah, right. <laughs> he walked out as, still got a sense of humor. He walked out as the 300th prisoner in the U.S. to be freed as a result of DNA testing. 300th prisoner to be freed as uh, DNA testing, and more than 200 have been freed from death row since its uh, re-inception back in the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says that he was one of 18 exonerated from death row, but maybe that's either just in Louisiana or be- or just because of DNA testing. Yeah, because I know that DNA. the numbers there on haven't, the innocence haven't been a whole bunch from um, you know I don't know the the numbers from death row for DNA, mm-hmm. and you know as the as time goes by we're we're getting this wave of DNA people released, but you can see this is 15 years ago. You know, finally they you know they're releasing them due to DNA evidence, and it's probably going to trickle down over time because now they've been doing DNA testing on the crime scenes and and that right. kind of thing. And the difficulty is is you know a lot of cases. People's DNA is on the crime scene. That doesn't mean they necessarily killed somebody. Right. Exactly. You never know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah, it's interesting because DNA testing has really just come about fairly recently in the history of the United States. Sure. And so if there have been 300 people just in the past couple of decades since it became really popular, how many people before that were innocent and were either kept in jail for maybe in some cases life or were executed? I guess we'll never know. No, we won't. You know, and it's uh, the the unfortunate fact about the the death penalty. I don't lose a lot of sleep about guilty people who have been put to death. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I think it's uh, not cost effective uh, is probably my specific reason. Here in the United States, regardless of what you think things should be like, the reality is, is that there are mandatory appeals and everybody goes to the Supreme Court in their state and likely to the Supreme Court in the United States, although it doesn't actually make it most of the time. They get all kinds of appeals. It costs millions of dollars to execute someone. It costs hundreds of thousands to incarcerate them for the rest of their life. So it is to a, you know, a multiple of 10 times more efficient to keep somebody incarcerated for the rest of their life than it is to execute them. When If you ask me, how, how do I think the families feel? I don't know. Why don't you, if they want them executed, why don't they pay that other nine times as much? Because I, I shouldn't have to. I don't support some it. Some families I'm not also in don't want them executed. There's some. I, I think that here in the United States, it's uh, it's not nearly as much as it is in Europe. Um, you know, I, I remember in in Orlando, a Europe, uh, an English woman's uh, an Englishman was killed. His wife, who was an English woman, said that she did not uh, support the death penalty and did not want to see such a thing happen. And there certainly are people um, that don't want the death penalty, but I don't think that. It's it's unlikely that the prosecutor is going to go for the death penalty, at least in many states uh, in the United States, if the person doesn't want if, – if the victim doesn't want the death penalty. I wouldn't try it in Texas or Oklahoma, but um, you know the rest of the states are likely to care what the victim says in that, in that arena. Mm. Indeed. Tell us what you think 
of the death penalty. Can you support a system that convicted an innocent person and then later freed him after 15 years on death row? It's Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733, 855-453-FREE-TALK-LIVE. You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio, podcast, satellite, webcam, and our live streams. But did you know you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere? Add this number to your phone, 213-493-0308. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Listen Lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 213-493-0308. That's 213-493-0308. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. You're listening to the live Sunday edition with Stephanie. And Mark. And I want to remind you about shop.freetalklive.com. I know you're going to do some holiday shopping. Probably, well, you may have already started it, but you're probably not finished with it. So if you still have some left to do, go to shop.freetalklive.com. There you can find our page where all of our affiliates are listed. And that means that if you enter one of those websites through the link on um, shop.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live is going to get a small referral fee for any item that you purchase, and it doesn't affect your purchase price at all. It's just a way to send a little tip to Free Talk Live if you appreciate what we do and you'd like to say thanks. So one more time, shop.freetalklive.com. Yeah, the only thing it costs you is an extra moment to go to shop.freetalklive.com. And- you could even bookmark the link. Like once you get into Amazon or Newegg, you could book bookmark that link, and then you wouldn't even have to go through Free Talk Live's portal anymore. That's right. Yeah. So, okay, Mark, we're talking about, well, basically the broader idea of the death penalty. And we're talking specifically about this person, Damon Thibodeau, who was in a Louisiana jail on death row and was exonerated after 15 years of sitting there just waiting to die. And I'm shocked by this. I'm curious, you know, I'm curious what people think about this, especially supporters of the death penalty. We've talked to a lot of them on the Sunday show of Free Talk Live, and they're welcome to call in. Or or if you agree with us, you can call in. But sometimes it's more fun when you disagree. 855-450-FREE. That is 855-450-3733. Well, I think that uh, you know conclusions can be brought for everyone when somebody calls in and disagrees because you know when somebody calls in and agrees sometimes they have new things to bring to the table and it gives you some ideas about uh, you know how things work you know some some ways to discuss it but you know basically i think that uh, it it's the it's the conflict. It's other people bringing different ideas to the table that really allow us to come to different conclusions. I used to be a death penalty proponent. And like I said, I don't lose sleep over guilty people being executed in this country. It doesn't bother me that much. I'm not one of these hand ringers that's out there. Oh, the guilty people, we should be forgiving them. Look, I, I get where people are coming from on it. I always take what I consider to be a very practical tact. One, if you're going to execute, if you uh, if you advocate for the execution of people, as far as I'm concerned, you're involved in it. Then, because this is supposedly a government of the people, by the people, for the people, so your avocation matters. If you advocate for the execution of people, you need to understand that you're advocating for the execution of innocent people. 
You know, I, I'm gonna we're gonna bring it to you here on Free Talk Live. You know that innocent people right now are sitting on death row, and that the governments in those states are attempting to kill them. Sometimes they're going to be successful. Well, Mark, you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. That's that's the statement you need to make. You need to you need to be able to say that execution of guilty people is so important. I'm willing to execute. You know. One innocent person for every guilt, ten guilty people I, I execute. That's yeah, what and you- then what's the ratio that you're willing to accept? It's it's hard because everybody has their own threshold, right? If they sure. even think about that. Well, I don't have a threshold for it because, as far as I'm concerned, one innocent person being executed for every hundred guilty people isn't worth it. And the other reason, and yeah. the reason is, is because executing guilty people is ten times as expensive as keeping them in prison. Look, you don't have to believe me. This is an issue of education. The only thing that uh, people that uh, execution supporters have is, well, how would you feel if it was your mama? And I'll tell you what, I'd be really upset. I'd be darn upset. But that's an issue of vengeance, not an issue of justice. The judicial system is supposed to be in place for justice. It's in fact in place to enforce the law, so therefore we could change the law. But... Vengeance isn't something that the government is supposed to mete out. You want vengeance, go get it. I wouldn't support that either. I think, you I know, don't generally... Th- you the- think you're going to feel bad if somebody goes and kills the killer of their mother? I don't they know. They need to be right, but who would know? I don't that's like it. Thing. I think it's perpetuating a culture of violence, personally. I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm against the death penalty in the first place, but... Look, every other place in the world, every other civilized place doesn't have this. Amnesty International releases a report every year of the countries that have um, state-sanctioned execution, you know, like the the government killing people. I don't think it's ever appropriate for the government to have that power because, like you said, innocent people are going to get caught up in it. And even if they're killing guilty people, I don't know if that solves any problems. I don't know if that stops violent crime. Well, I it's can tell you that it doesn't. Just, um, no, it doesn't. Absolutely You not. can look at states. I mean, you, there there are opportunities. There's a, there's a little line drawn on a map that differentiates one state from another. And you can look at one state that has the death penalty versus another state that doesn't. And you can see that the crime really doesn't differ between the metropolitan areas in one and metropolitan areas in another and country areas in one and country areas in another, suburban areas in one and suburban areas in another. Yes, if you take big metropolitan areas of, say, um, Illinois and compare it to the country areas of uh, Texas, you're going to have some differences because there are differences in sort of the atmospheres in, yeah, yeah. in those, those areas, and no doubt about it. But when you compare apples to apples in states that have it and states that don't, there's no difference. Yeah. And I don't know, just the idea of, okay, we're going to teach them a lesson and teach them not to kill by killing them. That doesn't make sense. It, it it does it does make one wonder in that particular way, but doesn't that kind of stop all punishment? Well, I don't know. I think the focus of justice or the so-called justice system should be, you know, way more focused on restitution, trying to make right for what was for the harm that was done, trying to get some kind of is it uh, restitution? compensation for the victim. And killing someone doesn't compensate the victim in any way. It doesn't make them whole. That pain is still there. Everything that they lost is is still missing. 
So let me ask you this. If, um, for instance, I'm a burglar and I steal something from your house and uh, we go before an arbitrator, they catch me in this uh, world where uh, you know somebody gets to decide um, these things, and they decide the arbitrator arbitrates that I have uh, stolen and I need to pay you back a certain amount of money, and if I don't do it, then there'll be repercussions. That's essentially theft, right? Like the, 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 the armed robber says... He pulls out the gun and says, give me your wallet or you're going to die. And you give your wallet or you're going to die, right? So I give the money. So he's giving the money under threat of coercion. So essentially what we're saying, which what I would, what we would be saying in this culture is, is, well, you're teaching somebody not to steal by stealing from them. Okay. Well, is there any way that you could reach a resolution to that conflict, you know, in a voluntary way so that the person who stole is genuinely sorry for it and wants to make it right? I think it's an interesting idea that we're a long way from evolving to if we're ever going to it evolve sometimes. to sometimes. It. it might be an issue of want, but remember, there's always scarcity in this world. Even in a, in a world where I can get anything I want and I don't have to steal for from a liquor store to get money and something something like that, I may be upset if your love is taken away from me and have to, you know, uh, you know, Take it out on the guy who's taken it from me or take it out on you for taking it away from me. So there's always scarcity. What? Why would you have to do that? Why would you have to do that? Yeah. Because there's, uh, you know, people. You don't have to do that. You, you don't, don't have, have to, to use violence no. when your lover. Do you think that's going to make your lover come back if you You don't beat think them that up? I think that, right? Um, uh, no, what I'm suggesting is. You, you said is, sometimes you have to do that. I'm just curious. What? Okay, I'm confused. No. Maybe we had a okay. mis- miscommunication. No, I'm saying that there's scarcity. There's always going to be scarcity. Okay. Even if that scarcity isn't monetary goods, it's always something. And I'm suggesting that the your love might be the scarcity that I have or whatever it is. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. We're going to clarify this a little more when we come back. Free Talk Live. This is Mark of Free Talk Live. We've been witnessing a meltdown of the economic engine that powers our country. With a printing press tethered to Washington bureaucrats and New York central bankers, how can we trust paper money? For years, I've been buying gold and silver from Midas Resources, and you should too. Call 877-357-9938 for a free book titled 10 Reasons to Own Gold, or go to gold.freetalklive.com. Again, 877-357-9938. 877-357-9938. is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Mark. And you're listening to the live Sunday night edition of Free Talk Live. Hey, call us on the SACL CAI toll-free call-in line at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. This is an open phones show, meaning that you're welcome to change the topic or bring up anything that's on your mind. I guess we've been talking about the death penalty. And Mark, I wanted you to clarify a point that you were making at the end of the last segment. But first, just a little correction on something I said earlier tonight. I was mentioning cam.freetalklive.com, where you can watch the camera feed from the studio, see what we look like and observe us doing the show like little monkeys in a cage. And I I was saying that I thought that even during the non-live hours of the show, because of course we're live every night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern time, but on the off hours when Free Talk Live isn't doing a live show, there is still audio on the CAM page. It's just not Free Talk Live. It's going to be the Liberty Radio Network at lrn.fm. And that's kind of a 
eclectic mix of liberty oriented programming so including not... uh re- repeats of the free talk live of free talk live right yes yeah. and so other shows uh, lots of other shows are on there it's many other liberty shows. Radio lrn.com uh, lrn.fm actually. yeah lrn.fm jeez <laughs> mark is a little sick should today. remember that yes oh. i think my brain isn't working right but you can go to freestateproject.org and sign up for the free state project if lots of people when they find out about the, the ideas of liberty and they realize that it's very difficult to see more. It's going to be difficult to see more freedom in our lifetimes uh, just doing the same things we've always done. One of the ideas is to concentrate liberty activists in one place. To me, it seems like the one of the few ideas that's really going to work. So the Free State Project is the most successful project out there of, of people wanting to concentrate others together. There are some people out there that say, hey, move to my state. We're going to try it, too, because they've seen all the success the Free State Project has had. However, they have not of in and of themselves had any success. Free the Free State, State Project-, Project was really the original in this regard. There have been a there were a couple of other sort of pre-internet ideas that uh, were put into play mm-hmm. that didn't really pan out, but uh, the Free State Nerva. Project is really it, it, this is doable because it's inside the United States. There's 300 million people that live in the United States. They can pick up and they move um, to a particular state. Some people, some foreigners, will have picked up and moved for the Free State Project too, and that's uh, fascinating and interesting when they do. Yeah. But uh, anybody can sign up. Doesn't matter where you live. FreeStateProject.org. It doesn't matter if you have a green card to sign if you want to sign up for the Free State Project. All all you have to do is state your intent to attempt to move to New Hampshire, freestateproject.org. All right. Yeah, I'm a big supporter of the Free State Project. I feel a lot better since I moved to New Hampshire. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, a little more on this story, Mark, of the man who was exonerated after 15 years on death row by DNA evidence. So for all those years, Thibodeau, which is the person who was exonerated, was in a cell 1.8 meters by 3 meters for 23 hours a day. So a meter is, uh, what, three feet? So he was in a probably six by nine cell approximately. Sounds right, yeah. In terms of feet, because we're, we're backwater hicks and we still don't use the metric system, right? Uh, for 23 hours a day, so he's in a little box, a little tin can, and his only luxury was a morning coffee made using a handkerchief as a filter with coffee bought from the prison shop. His only consolation was reading the Bible, which... I would say, isn't much consolation, probably. His only exercise, pacing up and down for an hour a day in the, quote, exercise yard, which was a metal cage slightly larger than his cell. So this is what prison life is like. And uh, I guess this is what it's like, particularly in death row. It's just humans in cages waiting to die. Yep. And other humans being paid no to watch pleasure. them. And this is where you can see the, the prison industrial complex. I'm not I would say that uh, when you're dealing with people who have committed murder, that it's difficult to start looking at restitution and things like that. I mean, that's a difficult thing to to restitute for. Maybe prison is the right uh, solution for people like that. But consider for a second if you think that prison is the right place um, for them and you think that death row is the right thing, because, you know, frankly, you don't see a lot of people escaping from prison. It's a pretty uncommon thing, especially people escaping from a maximum security prison like a murderer would be at. So, you know, the to think that I don't know whether you have to keep them on a death row thing or not, but if you have a person who's dangerous, too dangerous to be with other folks, you can keep them in solitary confinement. That's what death row is. You don't have to actually 
call it death row. It doesn't have to be death row. If you want a superior level of punishment for people who've been convicted of first degree murder, then that's fine. Now, let's also talk about people that are on death row who've never killed anybody because there are people who are there and they're guilty of what we call felony one murder. That means that they participated in a crime where someone died. They may or may not have known that person was going to die. They may, you know, all kinds of things can happen. So if, you know, we, we you and I go into a liquor store, Stephanie, yeah. and uh, we're going to rob the place. And uh, yeah, I cap, stick him up. <laughs> yeah, I cap the uh, the guy behind the counter just because I'm feeling uh, yeah, gangsterish. Um, oh, my gosh, Mark, what have you done? Let's get out of here. Crap. There, there, let's there get in go. the car. Right. Because yeah. that's what you'd say. Crap. And so we get to go to the car and then you are a first degree murderer. That's the law in dun, dun, dun. every yeah. state in the union that I know of. Right. And you could be sitting on death row in the same way that I would. Chances are very good that they would offer you some kind of deal for 25 years or life or something to testify against me, in which case that they would be able to get me for, um, for, for you know, first degree murder and, and put me on death row. But there are people. On death row in the United States, some of them committed crimes under the age of uh, eighteen, and oh, right, yeah, that's where you know that's that's their life. And if they ever get out, and the chances are good that they're going to sit there for a very long time before they have their sentences commuted. That's generally what happens. But it's a really unpleasant place to be. Yeah, you know when we talk about crime and especially violent crime and. Last segment, Mark, you and I were having a conversation about sort of restitution and the focus of the justice system, which is not on restitution, it's on punishment. Mm -hmm. I think that one thing that gets often left out of those discussions is really how could that how could crime be prevented? You know, instead of trying to fix uh, fix it after the fact and pick up the pieces and restitute someone, wouldn't it be great if we could it would never happen in the first place, right? And I think that there's a saying that I like, which I don't know who said it, but it could have been anybody because it's very short and it's that hurt people hurt people. So if someone has a lot of trauma, a lot of, um, you know, negative experiences in their past, it's more likely that they're going to get involved in violent crimes. People who are abused have a lot higher likelihood of being violent themselves. Well, they've seen that uh, behavior in their lives and, and we have a culture of violence. And I think the executions are part of that. The military is part of that. And so, Addressing those things, I think, would go a long way to making sure that we don't have to think about this question so much of how are we going to pick up the pieces after a violent crime. You know, um, when when I think about the fact that all all government is a domination game, um, essentially it's a threat to behave the way we want you to behave or we'll do bad things to you and those yep. things will be violent. And it's interesting that, um, you know, people who are unsuccessful in being dominant on others are called criminals and people who are successful at being dominant upon others are called politicians. And they have the cloak of legitimacy. These are the things that are taught. They're taught taught everywhere, though. I mean, every government, uh, as as we know it on this planet, um, are, you know, these organizations of domination. Now, I think we can step forward into a new world where governments aren't. Uh, you know, they they can be voluntary, but currently that's what we see. So um, when you when you see this, uh, you know, people reacting to you know this, why don't they react all around the world the same way? Here in the United States, we seem to have more crime than most of the sort of uh, European countries, um, which have similar government structures. 
Yeah. And I, I just don't know. I mean, it, I find it I find it interesting. They don't have uh, the death penalty, but I don't think the death penalty is to blame for people committing violent crime. It's just no. It's it's not to blame for it, but it does reflect the attitudes of people in that culture where they accept that as a social um, response to violence. To violent crime is more violence. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Mark, I'm kind of surprised that you've never read Ayn Rand because. The whole voluntary government thing that you like to bring up and say is is kind of what she said. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't think government can be voluntary, but anyway. That's it's a another. different, it's an issue of uh, semantics. semantics. Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. If you want to talk about our semantics, it's Free Talk Live. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You likely buy all kinds of things online. Amazon is the largest online retailer. You can get what you need at the same prices with free super saver shipping by going to shop.freetalklive.com. Please do your online shopping at shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the show. Stephanie with you tonight. And Mark. And you can call us at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. That is, of course, the SACL CAI toll-free call-in line. We thank them for supporting our show. So um, I want to remind you, too, about amp.freetalklive.com. That is, of course, the page where you can find out more about the AMP program. And this is a way to help out Free Talk Live if you enjoy the content that we put out. If you like all the stuff that we give away for free, we certainly do make a ton of stuff available to our listeners for free, which is rather unusual in the talk radio industry. I mean, maybe you'll see this in the podcasting world, but there aren't too many daily podcasts that give you a good solid two hours of content without you know, the commercial breaks. We have a three-hour show, but of course, some of that is commercial breaks in the live show. But, you know, there aren't that many shows out there, even in the podcast world, that put out that much content and give it to you for free. So if you support Free Talk Live, if you like the way that we spread the message of liberty to different people around the world, around the country and around the world, I think, because it's an internet, you know, available on the internet. Sure. Um, so if you enjoy that and you you think Free Talk Live is a good way to spread the message of liberty, please feel welcome to check out amp.freetalklive.com. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And uh, you can sign up there and uh, give us a monthly donation, and you will get perks as well as uh, the good feeling of knowing that you're helping to spread the message of liberty, including a commercial-free podcast and access to a special VIP area of the bulletin board system and stuff. So um, if that sounds good to you, one more time, amp.freetalklive.com. Let's go to the phones and talk with Rob, who's listening in Toronto, Canada, if I have this correct. Yeah. Hi, yeah. Rob. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for taking my call. Sure thing. Um, I had a couple of comments. The first one is regarding the death penalty thing. Um, I, to my knowledge, in places where there is like a free market uh, or where there has been free market law, um, since the focus is on restitution, um, then there is less of a focus on revenge. Uh, on, on revenge. Yeah. Like, for example, in Somalia, even today, 
uh, if you kill somebody from one clan, then there's like a, a, a determined price, a, a number of cows and goats that your clan has to pay for restitution uh, for the member of the other clan that died. I wish I knew um, how many cows so- I was worth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's that brings up another point too, Mark. You were saying, you know, how could you possibly restitute someone for a murder? And yeah, you can't, but on the other hand, that is It's a role been done for throughout time because insurance. incarcerations are relatively new phenomena. Yeah, well, that also brings out a role for insurance companies too, because a lot of people have life insurance and a lot of people have all different kinds of insurance. Sure. And so maybe the person who does the killing wouldn't necessarily have to be the one who it's does the restitution. It's uninsured death insurance. What's Life insurance is uninsured death insurance. I'm, like an uninsured driver. I mean, oh, oh, <laughs> I see. That's what the Klan does, I think. I mean, there's there's the, a bigger group of people that are sort of vouching for you yeah. uh, in a way. So they and, have an incentive to, to keep you element, in check. Right. And there has to be an element of punishment. And I think that in the Somali system, it's your own clan that punishes you if you commit such a crime and you cost your own clan a bunch of money, then your clan uh, sort of punishes you. And that's how it works, uh, at least over there. That sounds like a deterrent, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I I, I wouldn't I don't know, know much about Somalia. Yeah, I mean, if you know, obviously your clan doesn't want to kick out uh, fifty or a hundred cows or whatever it is, and I'm sure that uh, a human life isn't considered to be something that's cheap over there. Um, I mean, you know, in the price of cows, I I would much rather have my son or my wife than uh, fifty cows. And who? Does anybody enforce that, Rob, or how is there a mediator? Or? Yeah, yeah, I think that there's like a, a clan of elders that is recognized uh, by all the all the clans, uh-huh. and uh, basically whatever they whatever decision they arrive at, then they ensure that this decision is enforced by the clans. Um, and I think that there are people that are that are outlaws, so to speak, and then they have to, basically, they have no protection from any clans and people can steal from them and so on. That's what happens if you misbehave on a regular basis. And apparently they have a very, very low murder rate um, in Somalia. So that's that's an interesting... A lot of people will talk about how terrible it is, but it's an interesting look at, uh, you know, it's sort of different uh, governmental system. Yeah. You know, if the United Nations and the United States weren't out there constantly kicking the legs out from underneath whatever kind of uh, system of order they try to set up, um, then perhaps they would have, you know, they'd they'd be farther along. And and before I go, guys, I had a, a quick comment about something that you were talking about earlier regarding what the freest country would be. Yeah, and I, re- I remember what Doug Casey said one day. It isn't precisely the freedoms that a government gives you. Like, we have rankings of freedom yeah. around the world, of the freedom that governments somehow allow you to have. Right. But there are countries where actually you're not supposed to be very free. Like, uh, I was born in Venezuela, uh-huh. and uh, the ranking of freedom is very, very low uh, in Venezuela. And it, it's not a very prosperous country at all. But I know that my cousins, for example, they live outside of the capital, and they own unregistered guns. They drive unregistered cars. Uh, there is the sale of alcohol and all kinds of things. And there are ways in which people uh, manage their own conflicts. 
Um, And so if you have a very chaotic government, sometimes you can enjoy a a lot of freedom um, outside of the system. Like that case in Argentina, for example, uh, maybe Argentina is not really a free country, but because it's so chaotic, then you can find your way around. Yeah, and, and basically, uh, he's got this uh, housing development called La Stancia, and uh, to some extent, I think he's claiming that he's kind of bought off the local officials, and you know they have their own little government there. But yeah, the problem but you're is, still paying somebody, and I don't know, but I kind of prefer right. the predictability of a government that's less corrupt, I suppose. And, and the opportunity for growth. If you get wealthy enough, um, for one, it's going to be difficult to get wealthy away from the United States where the, you know, the, the constant, highest concentration of wealth is, but maybe you can. If you get wealthy enough in these countries, um, they're going to want to tax your income and they're going to try to figure out some way to do that if they see your income coming in. If you can hide it from them, then you're in good shape. But it's, um, you know, I think that probably for most people, it, the, it's, it, what seems to make sense to me is, is I'd like to make some money and then go to one of these countries where I can live like a king rather than uh, you know try to go there and then you know do well that but some people are predicting the borders being locked down and stuff like that i don't see it but then again who knows it depends i think right. on your values a lot you know like there are lots of options for places that you could go around the world but like what how do you feel most free i guess is the question and that varies a little bit from person to person you know some people really want the freedom to do X and some people really want Y. Most people want to be around their grandkids. That's for sure. Some people now, don't have grandkids. Now, if, I'm, if I may ask you a question about Keen, are you guys like driving around with unregistered vehicles and doing that kind of some thing? Some people in, do. In Keen or- uh, it would okay. be a rare instance if yeah. you're able to do that for any length of time. So, okay. you know, there was one person that we know doesn't live in Keene, but lives in another part of New Hampshire who who was driving around with an unregistered vehicle. And I think he's doing the whole thing and no driver's license either. I think he's doing the whole thing of like, try to become such a thorn in the side of the courts that they just ignore you and let you go. Um, but he, does he have some kind of plates of some kind of state on his vehicle? I believe so. Yeah. Yep. And so it's registered. The vehicle is registered to a corporation and he doesn't, it's not registered to him as a person, and he doesn't have a license. And stuff. So he's still paying for the registration of the vehicle mm, to a corporation. I'm n- yeah, I'm not sure about that. Okay. Hazy on the details, but some people are sort of doing that, Rob. Any? Okay. Yeah. Do you are you interested in that kind of activism? Well, I I don't have the guts to do it myself, um, <laughs> or not paying property taxes. Like I can't deal with the stress level that is involved in that kind of activism. Yeah. But but like if and this sounds I may sound like a wimp, but if there is a group of people that are doing that, then I might consider you know joining. Uh, but I don't I don't have the. I don't think takes. I don't think you sound like a wimp at all, Rob. I I wouldn't beat yourself up about that. I personally I'm scared to do that too, and I'd like to enjoy the freedoms that I have. I don't think that you know doing that kind of activism, right. I'm especially not looking being for less freedom, sticking my neck out is is going to make me more free. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I thank you very much, guys, for yeah. talking to me, and Thanks. I wish you all the best. Thanks a lot, Rob. Glad you're out there. And this is Free Talk Live. Our number is eight five five. 450 free. That is 855-450-3733. Are you driving around with an unregistered vehicle and want to tell us about it? It's Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. And I think we're going to talk about the Seattle anarchists, too, coming up here in moments on Free Talk Live. 
The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. You like your friends. You like Free Talk Live. Like your friends enough to share something you like with them. Help Free Talk Live get into more ears. Podcast listeners are the most important area of growth for Free Talk Live. Please share one episode a week on Facebook. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the program. You're hearing the live Sunday edition with Stephanie and Mark. Freetalklive.com is our website. And hey, we have a bulletin board system, which is kind of like a forum. I guess it's a throwback to the old days of the internet. And you can find that at bbs.freetalklive.com. Beware some adult material on there in case it's not for the faint of heart. It is an adult uh, BBS. Indeed. So if that's your thing, then go to free BBS, excuse me, dot freetalklive.com. I keep wanting to say BBW, which is like a big, beautiful woman. Yes. Abbreviation for big, beautiful woman. Let's go. um, Oh, by the way, 855-450-FREE is our phone number. 855-450-3733. Call in and bring up anything that's on your mind. What uh, dress size differentiates a big, beautiful woman from just a beautiful woman? I think it's a self, um, uh, self self-identified title. You know, I don't think a size two is running around calling themselves BBW, though, right? I mean, obviously, uh, it would seem like you would have to be big in order to claim yourself to be big, beautiful woman. I'm just wondering Mm -hmm. what, uh, you know, what what's the differentiation? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't really. um, How would you know? Right. Well, I used to be quite overweight and I never considered myself a BBW. Were you an adult at that time? No, I was a teenager. So full size, full height. Yeah, full height. So how overweight were you? Um, five foot seven okay. and 210 pounds. That's good size. Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I was a size 14 or 16, something oh, really? like that. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I would have thought it was. Sizes drift over remember. time though. That's the thing in, in women's clothes is different than anyway. I think the whole BBW thing is just, um, a way to, uh, maybe expand the definition of beautiful, right? Yeah. Like, there's not just one way to that's acceptable to look right. And, you know, I think health is important too, but not everybody has to be thin as a rail to be beautiful. Right. Indeed. Okay. Let's go to the phones and talk to Vince in Indianapolis. And Vince, are you with us? Vince. Vince going once. Vince in Indianapolis. Vince going twice. Let's put All right, Vince we'll on hold put Vince and see if, uh, back on hold, but that's okay because we have another call on the line from Jay in Massachusetts. We'll find out whether this is our problem or, or, their, or Vince's problem here in just one second. <laughs> Jay, are you with us? I am with you. Welcome okay, to ahead. the show. It sounds like Jay Noon. It is. Hi. Yeah, good, I, good to hear I, from I, you. I listen to you guys. Yeah, I listen to you guys pretty much every night. I catch the live one on XM Radio Sunday night. Okay. But anyways, you said to call in about people driving without registration. Yeah. And in Massachusetts, I know of at least, I noticed more, but there's at least seven people I know that do it every single day. Um, it, and they, they make up their own license plates. And the license plate says Sui Juris on it. In fact, one of my what, friends... What does Sui Juris mean? Uh, oh, boy, I used to know the definition off the top of my head. Sui Juris... Look it up in a Black's Law Dictionary, but 
It's something about um, uh, basically free man or a man that's free or a sovereign man. At the, okay. Um, or, 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 or one of the sovereign men or something. I, it, it, but it's a law term, um, a legalese term. Yeah, it indicates uh, legal competence. Okay. Yeah, okay, legal, yeah, legal competence. And, 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 but the idea is, you know, these people are ones that they assume full liability for everything they do. And I had a conversation with this with a cop the other day because I, I don't have a license. But the only driving I do is the driving of nails and fence posts. I exercise my right to travel because all words, as it pertains to law, have a very specific meaning. That much is the true. Meaning of drive, the meaning of driving uh, in a commercial sense, in a legal sense, is transporting products for hire on a public roadway. And, well, that's not what I'm doing. And uh, I'm just traveling, exercising a right to travel. That, 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 the police officers sworn a right to uphold. But these cops also, what they're doing is they're a private contractor for the registry of motor vehicles, and they're contracted to uh, collect bankruptcy debt and, and, and uh, enforce statutory law. Who's bankrupt? Um, New York. Well, the bankru- who, who's bankrupt? The uh, corporate United States. Um, I wouldn't. That sounds about bank. right. Yeah. yeah. It's hard to argue that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jay, oh. I, this is interesting. We've heard this before several times on Free Talk Live. I, well, this I just a, feel it kind seems of, a little different. I mean, I, I feel just concerned that, like, if I'm driving down the road well, and I don't have the papers, they're going to just do whatever they want to me anyway. Like, I don't really have confidence that they're going to even follow their own rules, even if they're stated. What do you think about all that? Right, I'll, I, I'll set a perfect example for you. Okay. The mafia controls everything, and there's 10 restaurants in town, and each restaurant must pay its protection fee. And if you're one restaurant that doesn't pay its protection fee, the mafia comes to collect your protection fee, and you tell them to go, you know what, themselves, and kick them out of your restaurant, um, there's a good chance your restaurant's going to get firebombed the next day. Yeah. But if six or seven restaurants do it, or maybe three stand up as a resistance, they're they're not going to bomb, firebomb three of them or four of them, just just, just to put it in, in, in uh, perspective. Um, in Palmer District Court, I, last Friday, beat two charges, because uh, here the registry of motor vehicles has got me operating after revoke, after suspension. And I, first off, I'm not afraid of them. And second off, these statutory laws, there's a Supreme Court ruling, there's case law, several feet thick that back this all up, the statutes that they're using, the Motor Vehicle Code, only apply to government employees while conducting government business. Actually, let me rephrase that. Government agents, officers, or employees while acting under a such capacity, not to private people. And I don't care if you have a driver's license or not have a driver's license, or whatever. So, Jay, you do have a driver's license. what did this cop say? You were yeah. talking to him, and I, I get the feeling the police don't have any concept of what this uh, whole, you know, driving, you know, juris, sui juris thing is at all. I, would, I wouldn't imagine they know anything about that stuff. Well, I'll tell you what they said before the RMB did this, um, uh, put this revoked for immediate threat thing on my so-called driver's license that I've never even had. Um... <laughs> they, it was not a problem at all. They uh, several times I get pulled over, and they would say, "I would tell, them, listen, I'm exercising a right to travel, and you've sworn an oath to uh, uphold that." 
And the Supreme Court has stated several times, and I'll even offer to show them a piece of paper that has several rulings. Chicago, uh, City of Chicago versus Chicago Motor Coach, for example, is one of them. Are. And uh, there's a whole bunch of Hale versus Hinkle, which. So, Jay, driving, have you gone? Did you say that you have not yet gone to court on this? You're going to be appearing this week or something? Oh, no. I've, 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 in, the past, in the past year, I've gotten nine charges operating after suspension because when my license plates show up, yeah. they off a red flag and they come pull me over. Okay. I've got one left. I've got them all dismissed. It's really not a big deal. Oh, so they've and all the been dismissed. So that's really, that's really fascinating. Fun. I think a lot of people are interested it's, to hear about that. And it's excellent education. But before that happened... The cops, I would explain to them very politely and show them documentation, and I would explain to them that I'm not, I don't work for government, I'm not a statutory uh, person, I'm not taxable, I haven't injured anybody, and are they there as a police officer under constitutional powers, or are they there as a private contractor for the registry of motor vehicles? And most of the time, they just walk back to their car. Shaking their heads. Etiquette. Yeah, no, you're you're nuts. Go get a license. I don't want to see you here anymore. Now I got I know about twenty five people that are very close to me. Um, several of them have never ever had a license. They travel to have other people put their cars on the road. They get pulled over. Basically the same thing. Now that they have got me labeled as an immediate threat, which that was all I'm actually assembling a Title forty two style lawsuit against the Massachusetts R and B now. And um I'm gonna really make it a point to straighten them out. And the local cops have a pretty good understanding because I went and visited the chief of police in two towns so far, Munson and Palmer. And I explained to them, this is, uh, you know, you're either a revenue collector for the registry of motor vehicles, and when you're using your policing powers to do that revenue collection, you're using color of law, and you're impersonating a police officer. And I explained it to them. And ever since I explained this stuff to them, they just don't even look at me anymore. I go right by it. <laughs> That's a great story, so. Jay. Th- thank you for filling us in. And uh, this is Free Talk Live. You can call us at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733. It's interesting stuff. The three most important things you can do for Free Talk Live are, one, share one episode a week on Facebook or in some other social networking site. Two, Buy the things you buy online through shop.freetalklive.com. Three, give five bucks a month to the AMP program. It's my firm belief that Free Talk Live's AMP program is the best use of your charitable dollar among liberty-oriented organizations. Support all the organizations you love. But make sure you give five bucks a month to AMP at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Welcome back to the Sunday show. It's Stephanie. And Mark. We're glad to be with you tonight. And we'd love to hear from you at 855-450-FREE, 855-450-3733, the SACL CAI toll-free call-in line. Get your Mises pieces at gold.freetalklive.com. Ooh, Mises pieces. 
<laughs> That's right. Them. So if you're a fan of Ludwig von Mises, you can go get a uh, silver piece with uh, his visage right there in mint condition right on, and on on the front of it. And any all kinds of other gold and silver bullion uh, is available to you at gold.freetalklive.com. In the case of uh, the Ludwig von Mises piece, it is a silver piece. But there's all kinds of gold and silver there for uh, the purchasing. If you want to have gold and silver in your hands, there's no place that you can trust more than uh, our, our sponsors, um, Mises, I keep on Midas Institute, Mises and Midas, I'm getting confused, Midas Resources. Um, we've, uh, they own the Genesis Communications Network, uh, who is our syndicate. And we've been working them for years, 10, 8 years, something like that. Uh, I've gotten lots of my precious metals from them, and you can too. It's gold.freetalklive.com. If you prefer to call them, there's a telephone number there too. It's 877-857-9938, gold.freetalklive.com. All right, Mark, let's go to the phones and try again with Vince in Indiana. Vince? Hello, Stephanie and Mark. How are you this evening? Hey, Vince. Hey, welcome. We couldn't hear you last yeah. time, but now you sound great. Yeah, the guy came back on, so the, he forgot to switch it on. So. Oops. <laughs> but, uh, oh, well. But I wanted to ask your, your opinion, because I heard this, oh, I don't know if I should mention the guy's the radio talk show guy. That's fine. If, if you want. Back. If you want to. Yeah, going back calls what they're doing with this stuff that happened in Connecticut there. I mean, it's a tragedy. I understand that. But yeah. I've heard this talked about in law school, you know, where they're wanting to collectively punish everybody. What do you and, mean you know, collectively punish? Well, requiring more stringent background checks, uh, mm. requiring, you know, uh, you know, a statement of mental you know, where your mental state is not Well, that's funny either. because the the alleged killer didn't have those guns legally. They well, belonged to his mother. He had them legally in the sense that they were his mother's, but he attempted well, to purchase a gun earlier that week and was um, disallowed. Right, because he was under 21. Or whatever the reason was, he couldn't do it. Yeah. So whatever the, the gun control systems that were in place worked, he wasn't able to purchase a gun. It's, but he got his hands on them somehow. Right. Yeah. Now, somebody who thought it was a good idea, I, I don't know how mentally unbalanced he was and whether it was these SSRIs, which seemed, excuse me, what are those selective? Yeah, SSRIs is selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They, they seem to have, uh, there's a lot of suicide and homicide that are, you know, that, yeah. that circle these things. Especially I, in young people. I'm very concerned about that aspect and uh, people, but there do seem to be a lot of people advocating both sides of this, that uh, we need more guns, we need fewer guns at you know, uh, around this issue. And I think that this is, issue is uh, about uh, drugs and crazy is what I think it's about. I think it's a lot about drugs and crazy. And why Why do people go crazy? You know, like what happened to him? Yeah, what happened to him? Who knows? Well, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if it's, you know, maybe it's chemical or whatever it is, but I, I don't think this is a good reason to keep guns away from people, nor do I think it's necessarily a good re- reason to go shoving guns in uneducated people's hands either. Yeah. That doesn't sound like a good idea. What do you think, Vince? I don't think it's a good idea for people that don't know how to use guns. I mean, I always believe in gun safety, and I mean, I own guns, and but uh, you know, I, I use them appropriate. You know, if you need, when needed. I mean, right. if you're going to point, you better be ready to shoot. I yep. mean, and I'm, you know. 
in, in that circumstance, if somebody had been ready to shoot, then, you know, maybe maybe they would have taken care of it. Or maybe there would have been another, you know, set of bullets flying. I don't know. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult to know who's going to be able to do what. There have been some kind of studies done. And then when there are people who are armed around, apparently there are fewer people killed because they're able to take the person out for whatever reason. But. You know, there was actually um, there's always going to be mistakes with handguns shooting in the mall in uh, I want to say it was Oregon. Mm -hmm. I was just uh, appearing on another show before this and we talked about this article. There was a guy who went to a mall and he shot, I think, two people. And there was apparently a guy in the mall who was carrying concealed a Mm -hmm. weapon and he pointed the weapon at the shooter and the shooter took off and then later shot himself and didn't kill anybody else. So effectively, this person was was stopped by an armed a an armed person. Yep. Now, do I think that represents every situation? No. I mean, it's, it's just as easy that something could go wrong in a crime, or you know, it's kind of impossible to predict. But I can tell you that having a bunch of kids at a school, I mean, the schools are getting worse and worse in many regards. But the school shootings is just another sort of one aspect of that. I wouldn't, if I had a kid, I would not want to send them to a school. Period. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things about uh, what concerns me is, is uh, guns in the hands of people who are uneducated and un- disinterested in being educated. That concerns me. Uh, guns in the hands of people who, uh, you know, sometimes older guns, they don't have the safety uh, mechanisms that newer guns have. Newer guns have a lot of safety mechanisms on them. And I don't know whether those are government mandated or whether those were things that gun manufacturers came out with because people like me have concerns in that area. But I would think that a newer, higher-end handgun, it would be difficult, more difficult for that thing to go off just sort of accidentally. Things are things can always happen. There's but. always. Um, I'm concerned about people who have no accountability having guns, hmm. and that includes the police and the military. You know, and they. I think there are a lot. Did Vince? Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, sorry. We heard a funny noise. <laughs> okay. Oh no. Glad you're still with us. But yeah, I mean that. It it seems like a situation if, like, for instance, teachers were to have guns, they're government employees with guns. That doesn't seem much different than police to me. And they, you know... What if they say the student, they, they felt threatened by the student? Yeah, exactly. I could envision that happening for sure. And so I just don't know if I see a solution in that department except to, A, look at the root causes of what happens in these situations when people, quote, go crazy, and B... <laughs> really examine the schools, which have not changed in hundreds of years, are really just there to drone, drone out obedient, you know, workers and serfs, you know. So, um, I don't know. Vince, any final thoughts? No, I just wanted to say, though, that I, I've heard this, uh, you know, the people talk about collective punishment on people who want to buy guns, who are very sane and mm. very knowledgeable about guns. I mean, but uh, I'm not so sure we need a system, you know, these gun-free zones. And, you know, that school was a gun-free zone. And yeah. How'd they get a thanks, gun in there? Thanks thanks for the call, Vince. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, now, punishing, I think people want to punish some, someone. Yeah, they want right? to see some kind of change. 
And I think it's, you know, this it would might be interesting if they remove the gun-free zone um, mandate and just let teachers do whatever teachers were going to do. Don't assign them guns. Don't tell them. You don't have any rules about it really at all. Just say that, you know, if, if you have a permit to uh, concealed carry in the state of Connecticut or whatever it is, maybe that maybe just removing the gun, the gun-free zone aspect of it, uh, you know, and get, allowing more freedom in that way. Maybe that would do it. I don't know. The uh, shooter didn't certainly didn't listen to the gun-free zone. Certainly thing, not. So. This is Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733 is our number. You, know, you can call in if you have some thoughts on the recent tragic events that happened in Connecticut or anything else that's on your mind. Still got to get to these Seattle anarchists, too. This is Free Talk Live, and there's more coming up. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, consider Keene. Civil disobedience, politics, media, outreach, and social events. Keene has it all. Get connected with video, audio, our forum, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, the Sunday night edition. Stephanie with you. And Mark. Sick Mark. We hope he feels better. Yeah, I'll be all right. Our website is freetalklive.com. If you visit the subdomain listen.freetalklive.com, you will get easy access to all kinds of different ways to get the show into your ears, including our live streams, the uh, radio stations we're affiliated with, the satellite, the webcam, and even the listen lines where you can call a phone number and hear Free Talk Live. And of course, if you just want to bring up the streams, the internet streams really quickly on your mobile phone, then visit m.freetalklive.com. Apparently it's optimized just for that. There you go. So, all right, Mark, 855-450-FREE is our phone number. That's 855-450-3733. Got an opinion about guns or anything else that's on your mind? Um, I'd still like to talk about these uh, Seattle anarchists, too. We've been kind of following the story on Free Talk Live. But first, we've got a couple more phone calls to take. Bruce is listening in Indiana. Bruce, are you with us? Yes, uh, Stephanie and Mark. Hi again. Um, Hi. I talked I talked with you last week about the shooting in Indiana. Yeah, I remember and, this. You said you witnessed you, you a, remember? just to recap, you said you witnessed a, or not witnessed, but knew about a, a sheriff who shot a mentally challenged man, right? Yeah, there were a couple of sheriff's deputies. I wasn't okay. going to go into that again. What I was going to do is uh, at the end of that call, and I didn't hear it until I went back on the podcast. And by the way, I shared that with somebody, Thanks. like we're supposed to, like you said. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you. Yeah, you know, I, want, I want to be part of the team. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, at the end of that, and I didn't know it because I hung up, uh, you had uh, wondered if I was a, a member of a former member of law enforcement or something, and I, I can tell you that I'm not. Uh, gotcha. I don't know what that I just to solve that mystery. That's all. That's why I want to make that comment. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think I had wondered if you were. It just, I don't know, I, from the sound of your voice or something, I'm terrible. I, I have bad copter. No, I'm just talk. like, I'm no nonsense in my approach. I kind of kind of stick with the facts and all. Maybe that sounds a little bit, uh, yeah. uh, you know, Copy. like a law enforcement. But no, I'm not. I've never been involved. never even been to jail in my life one night. So uh, anyway, uh, one quick comment. And, and uh, believe me, I'm not trying to... Um, there's no way in, in heck I'd be want to make light of the uh, what happened in Connecticut. What I want to say is these shooters, these uh, these incidents like uh, the guy in Arizona, the guy in Aurora, yeah. the Virginia Tech shooter, and 
this last fellow, they seem there seems to be a pattern here. These are twenty something men who've uh, who who really their sociability skills are they're just not there, uh, and they're loners and they keep to themselves. And they and, both and had again, powerful dads. That was another common thing. But and and I'm not again. Understand me here. I'm no fool. I'm not trying to be funny. Believe me. What what about you know? I remember when I was in my twenties. And the hormones are raging, and uh, you're all over the place, you know. And these guys seem to have a lot of built-in anger, like they don't have a release. And, you know, sometimes I think maybe if uh, these guys would just get some female companionship, someone that they could, you know, get close to. And, well, I'm sure uh, they would if they could, but they... Well, supposedly the Adam Lanza had a girlfriend who oh, is, is so? now missing. Yeah, that's what I've oh, he, read. I, I don't I, know if that's true. What's that, Bruce? And I'm not trying to oversimplify, but you know, I mean, I look at these guys and you, you look at their expressions and their, 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 the way they're described. Yeah. It's just like they've, they've never, you know, gotten, you know what, they've never had a, <laughs> an experience. And, uh, you know, that, that stuff builds up inside you, and who knows what... Uh, well, I, uh, I talked to a rather respected uh, professor who taught, uh, I guess, whatever the courses were that you needed to be a psychotherapist or something like that. Yeah. And he wouldn't go on the record with me, but he did say that, um, you know, his, his contention, and he can't back it up because, you know, I guess these guys have to do science, was you'd see a precipitous drop in violent crime if you would legalize prostitution. And that was his claim. And I'm, I, I don't doubt it. I mean, I do think that uh, there's, you know, there, there's something. There are actual re- peer reviewed studies, totally, you know, valid that are out there saying that there is an inverse correlation between um, basically touch that kids experience, mm-hmm. like hu- affection, hugs, and stuff like that, and violence later on in life. And so when people are. Abused and neglected as children and, and lack that touch, not only do they not develop and not become as intelligent, but they also are more likely to be violent when they get older. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, Although it's so I'm the not problem. Cra- I'm not crazy. There is something to that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the problem, though, Bruce, is like, good. I mean, who, you know, I guess we could say who would want to love a murderer or whatever, but like, no, you know, we can't just say like, okay, this person needs some love, so somebody has to give it to them, right? We can't right. force Doesn't anybody work. to be their girlfriend, right? But if you legalize no, prostitution, they can buy I'm it. What I'm saying is, look, the people in these these guys' lives, look, if you have to pay to get them hooked up with somebody just for the companionship, <laughs> just to get. Look, I'm, I, I mean, you think I'm trying to be funny? Well, but I I'm think not. it's I think it is funny, but I don't think you're trying to be funny. I yeah. get where you're coming from. Thanks, no. Bruce. Thanks for the call tonight. Appreciate your thoughts. Yeah, I, I I think that I there's. Do you think a prostitute would work? Like, I, would that be effective at making them feel calmer, peaceful? I think that it wouldn't couldn't hurt. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, yeah, I think it couldn't hurt. That's that's what Love I'm. Love is a drug, just like uh, Prozac. Right? Well, you know, I mean, prostitutes create a world. Um, I mean, they're they're actresses among in, in actors among other things, and you know, they they there's a relationship there, whatever that relationship's like. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I just I'm not sure if it's the physical release of orgasm sure that, doesn't hurt. that makes one peaceful or is it the feelings of genuine connection with another person? I'm not sure. I think that, that all that stuff both. goes together. I think that uh, you know, sex is uh, the cornerstone of a of a good relationship and if 
you know, if it if it's happening in in a sort of a paid situation, you know, I mean, people develop feelings for for other folks. All right. Well, let's go to James. He's listening in California. James, are you with us? James. James, you're on Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Um, Hi. uh, Yeah, I was calling in about the Connecticut shootings. Yeah. Pretty much all the shootings in general. What are your thoughts on those? Um. Well, the when people people immediately you said it earlier want a a response or a a change, you know, something to prevent this in the future, and they immediately go for the guns. But like you mentioned, the gun free zone. Well, eighty seven percent of gun crimes in 2011 were committed with unregistered guns. So the the gun laws would affect technically less than 13% of registered gun owners. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I I hate to see that. And they go to push for, uh, you know, ammunition or gun taxes. But really, the most criminals get illegal weapons on the, illegally. Yeah, so right. that's, that's, the majority of that is affecting, you know, uh, law-abiding citizens that are protecting themselves and others. Yeah. And you mentioned having the gun-free zone in the schools. I don't know necessarily in schools, but I'm pretty sure if there was no gun-free zones, you know, or 75% more people carried handguns in public, you know, if there's guns at the banks, the schools, the malls, you know, I think that would guess guys that you know because this guy doesn't have a violent history i think that would have a lot bigger effect of guys that just break one day and want to go on a shooting if if there's more people with uh well it's funny that they think they can put up a sign at a school and make it a drug-free zone it's not a drug-free zone and it's also not a (laughs) gun-free zone either Yes, yeah, someone made a comment the other day and was like, we need to totally outlaw guns in America to stop Good luck with shooting. that. Yeah, good luck and, with that. Yeah, and I commented back and said, yeah, like cocaine and heroin. You know, like, <laughs> Not a good that did. The, the criminals, thanks, James. The criminals aren't worried. Yeah, thanks, James, for the call tonight. <laughs> there are more guns in this country than there are people. Yeah. How in the world do you think you're going to get rid of them all is beyond me. Um, I mean, people aren't going to get, you know, this this country, if, if getting rid of guns works and... You know, there's a lot of good arguments for people saying things like, well, you know, Hitler got rid of the guns and Mao got rid of the guns. Um, there's arguments in that in that place. These, I don't these, know. Government doesn't seem to need to disarm people because they already have such bigger weapons than that, any that civilians true. have. I am for disarmament. Let's start with the government. <laughs> there you go. 855-450-FREE. 855-450-3733. That's our number. Call us with your thoughts on guns or anything else that's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. A technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's the Sunday night show with Stephanie and Mark. We are kicking off the last segment of tonight's program. 
But if you want to get your call in, there's still time for you to do so at 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-FREE. She's stumbling over there? I'm sorry. 855-450-3733. And of course, our It spells web- free, that 3733. Indeed, yes. On them, them telephone button numbered things. It's kind of rare now that you have a phone that has the letters and the numbers at the same time. I think that's gone out of vogue a little bit, but hey, we give it to you both ways just in case. Yeah, it's it's probably true that most people are calling us on like their Skype or their uh, you know the the their smartphone or something like that. Could be, could but somebody's be. picking up that uh, rented Ma Bell phone from the mid sixties, late <laughs> early sixties, where they have to tick 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 tick. You know, I saw one of those that was. It's basically a faux antique phone with okay. the rotary telephone, and it has a little. You know, handle that you pick up and put up to your ear yeah. with the to the speaker and that's the microphone. That's great. Boy, I'd love that in my house. And you know, well, <laughs> well, the thing is, you plug your iPhone or Android oh, uh, phone into it, uh-huh. and you pick up the receiver, and it's supposed to be you get less radiation or something like that into your brain. I see. <laughs> I don't there know why go. anyone would want that, but some well, people do. A friend of mine has one of those things hanging in their their kitchen, you know, the sort of the old-timey phone-looking thing. And I suppose it's fine if you want to have some short conversation. I know we used to be tied to uh, the wall um, at my house uh, when I was a kid, but I just can't imagine people put up with it now. Yeah, indeed. All right, Mark, let's go to the phones. I think we have an old friend on the line. Ed in Tennessee, is that you? Hey, Stephanie, Mark. Hey, Ed, it's good to hear from you. I haven't heard from you in a while. It sure has. Good talking to y'all. Yeah, hey, uh, what's on your mind? Deja vu all over again, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, with the gun thing, huh? Guns, guns, guns. Look, Stan, this couldn't happen to me again. This guy I read, if this is accurate reporting, he couldn't get a gun, so he stole his mother's yep. guns yeah. and I guess that other gun. So see, if you don't have a gun... They can't steal it and use it against somebody you love. Well, yeah, that much is true. They may steal someone else's. It's one of the most stolen items in America. If somebody's got the gun, hey, they can't do. They can't steal my gun because you don't have one. (laughs) Yeah, you're. you're, So you're you're fond of saying that you don't need them. Hear this statement: uh, If guns are outlawed, only outlaws would have guns. So what? They're the only ones going to use them anyway. Yeah, there are not well, many of them. Don't people want to use? I mean, so I, I get why one would want to make a personal decision not to have a gun, Ed. But I mean, you you have to admit that guns are used to stop crime sometimes, right? Uh, I don't know. I've never had to use one to stop a crime. I've never used one I, to stop a crime either. One, it probably would have been a shooting. If everybody has a gun, there's going to be a shooting. Oh yeah, if the- you get in a heated argument, a fight, a fist fight. Neither one of you are armed. You're not going to get shot. So that much I'm, is true. I'm confused about something, Ed. Are you saying that you believe that a government should, you know, basically take everyone's guns away, or are you just saying that you think, think people should government. give them? Up? I think you should just don't own a gun. You, they can't steal your gun and use it if you don't own them. These people are gun nuts. Yeah. Hey, look. And perfect example. You know, you always hear too from the gun side. Uh, well, you can use a knife, a baseball bat. Well, use them. Perfect example, China. The guy used a knife. He didn't kill anybody, but he cut 22 people. Yeah. Just yeah. think if he'd had an AR-15. Yeah. Well. I mean, that's a ridiculous argument. And then they're going to use the gun against the government. Another ridiculous argument. 
Yeah, that is ridiculous to think you could use it against the cops. They have much bigger. Did you know they have a military right now as we speak? They can take like 50 trained soldiers. They could wipe out communities night after night after night. They cut your power. They do everything. They lay a grid down. They got drones the size of uh, WASP. Yep, they do. Now, I don't know if it'll kill you, but it'll certainly keep an eye on you until the drone, well, I mean, the, drone well, I mean, the size of a man comes along. You, they, yeah. uh, fire drone, uh, you know, drop a bomb on you. Yeah, that if much is true. It, they're they're way... All, of, all this is insanity. I agree but with something also, that I heard on, the, on Free Talk Live the other night, which was kind of a discussion about, well, about the Second Amendment. And, you know, it was kind of intended for people to resist tyranny in the form of government oppression. But right. at the time, the second, it wasn't that the military had these super powerful weapons that could way outnumber anybody's handgun or rifle. You they know. had training. They had uh, the will to use it. Yeah. It was sort of more equal between the people. Well, to me, the, the Second and Third Amendment, that's the uh, anachronistic. They're ridiculous today, to me. What's the third? Is that quartering? Quartering soldiers. To deter crime. Their crime has never been lowered. A lot of these people talking about mm. crime. Murder steadily been dropping. I try to avoid All it myself. Murder is Why do you think it's dropping? Now, one thing that's for sure, Ed, though, is in the last 30 years, gun restrictions have diminished, not increased. So what do you think the reason? Yeah, absolutely. Because people have more sense. And remember, I love this quote from Thomas Paine. Time makes more converts than reason. Yeah. So what are they being converted to? Uh, sanity. Nonviolence. <laughs> they're more peaceful. They're Ed. more not. Think about it. The young people, are, they're less homophobic. Yeah. Uh, they're less racist. Yeah, they're less they're, likely to beat their kids and all kinds yeah, of things. Less, I, less religious. Fewer spankings now. Yeah. Guess Still a lot, but spankings. fewer than there used to be. What, what race does the, the, the most spankings? Uh, we can't black. answer that right now, Ed. We got another call I want to squeeze in before okay. the end. So thank right, you. Thank you for that. I didn't want to get his race fading <laughs> comment there. Let's go quickly to Ron in Omaha, Nebraska. Ron, are you with us? Yeah. Hey, welcome to Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Uh, thank you. Oh, I was just kind of noticing the night I was doing a little Christmas shopping in a Walmart and went by the game arcade. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of a lot of video games out there that kids play with a lot of killing, uh, shooting, and killing people and destroying buildings and destroying vehicles, and I haven't heard that brought up any. Uh, yeah, well, so actually, the military uh, uses them as recruiting tools in some cases with the Call of Duty and all that. They, they certainly use them as recruiting tools, but I'd like to point out that, um, as a matter of fact, we just saw, read a report on crime in California, youth crime in California, is the lowest it's been since 1954. We're talking about, you know, the, the big kahuna and, uh, you know, Elvis uh, on the beach in California. All these times, there was crime was higher than it is today with the Bloods and the Crips running around in California. So I tend to think that it's not the video games. Um, I, really? I, I I really do. I, I think that uh, you know that there was there's a North quote out there about uh, some guy named North who was uh, talking in front of Congress about these these darn high color comic books are driving the kids crazy, <laughs> and it, it, it was Dungeons and Dragons and ACDC when I was a kid or and, the dancing you know every yep. every 
the previous generation always says the next generation's dancing is too sexual. And, and I get like why yeah. people say that video games are different. I get why they say they it, are different because yeah. they are different and they are photorealistic. Yeah. And you can see why that might program somebody to do such a thing. But the evidence is that violent crimes is on, uh, is on the decrease. Uh, you watch you watch uh, some of the kids playing these games are the not all of our kids either. But yeah. Man, they're just so intense. They are intent on it. and Well, that brings up the question of could this be a chicken and egg situation? Like, is a, is a person who wants to play violent video games already inclined toward violence or desensitized to it? And that's why they're seeking out those games? Or are the games pulling them in that direction? I, I don't know, honestly. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I just know I'm... I'm against gun control. I don't. I think we need some more laws. I think the country is just so saturated with guns now. I mean, these states have, like Florida has a turn in your gun and get a gift card, you know, or a pair of. Oh yeah, that's a good deal. The gun, the gun buyback <laughs> back program. Yeah, yeah. Ron. How, th- how many, uh, how many drug dealers are get turning in their guns or their, you know. <laughs> I would guess uh, zero. Maybe they get rid of the crappy guns and keep the good ones for themselves. And thanks, thanks for the call, Ron. Here, here in Keene, I'm going to run a uh, Bearcat buyback program. Um, I'm going to go out there Ooh, on Central it. Square during the uh, the peace vigil that we have on every uh, Saturday, and I'm going to um, hold up a sign that uh, allows anyone to bring in their Bearcat. Uh, they recently, the government here got a free Bearcat from the yep. Department of Homeland and Security. I'm going to let them turn it in for you know, I don't know 150 bucks, um, and I'll just I'll just get them get them a, a gift card right there for their uh, bear cat uh, we were ian and i happened to be in a movie called playing columbine you can go yeah. find it and it was really about uh, the same situation with video games and, and that kind of thing and i really do think that uh you know throughout human history it's probably always been the uh, older generation has wondered about the habits and of the younger generation i have a good friend of mine who's a was raised old order amish and uh, those old order amish guys did not like the way their young boys were acting I mean, these kids they had never, never listened to a radio. They'd never... <laughs> they That's done. devil technology, Mark. Right. So, I mean, it's, it happens everywhere with every, with every generation. Thanks for listening to our show tonight. This is Free Talk Live. You can find our website at freetalklive.com. Archives will be posted there later. And Ian and Mark will be back in 21 hours. Hey, podcasters. It's, uh, it's that time of year again. Uh, proflowers.com is advertising with Free Talk Live, and we're delighted to have them. They are a big advertiser, and um, it's a really good thing they've already committed to upping their ad buy as a result of uh, you know what you guys did during mother's day and buying you know bouquets and that kind of thing during mother's day thank you for doing that um they've you know like i said exponentially increased their ad buy for um the valentine's day holiday but they've uh, are also advertising here with us during christmas and it's podcast only that they're advertising so they have faith in you guys i have faith in you guys in order to uh, sort of maintain what we're uh, doing for them and they've got a really great little offer here for 19.99 so 20 bucks you can get Santa's workshop mini cypress tree is what it's called and it comes with its uh, you know with decorations free lights and ornaments it's a it's a little christmas tree that uh, you know it takes care of that uh, it can take care of your entire holiday decorating at the house so all you have to do is have this little tree you can send it to a, a child or a family member or even a um, you know wife or loved one whomever and i think it'll make a great little gift um, it's a little christmas tree and um, you can get it from proflowers.com 
you can uh, upgrade to the angel and snowflake ornaments with white lights for just $10 more. The tree comes, um, you know, the, the standard one comes with uh, festive red, with a festive red 10 with colorful lights and 12 wooden ornaments. So you can go to proflowers.com and um, take a look at those great looking trees. And this is a one week only special, by the way. There will be um, other specials coming up. For this deal, go to proflowers.com, click on the mic in the top, and type in FTL. It's always FTL for Free Talk Live um, in all of our advertisers. Uh, this live mini Christmas tree is perfect for someone who doesn't have uh, room for a big tree, whether it's a dorm room or a small apartment or whatever. You can get your mini Christmas tree ready to decorate for just $20. You can call 800-P-R-O-Flowers. And mention FTL or go to proflowers.com. Click the microphone in the top right corner. Type in FTL. It's proflowers.com, the microphone, FTL. And the offer expires on midnight Friday. Yes, I did ask what time, which time zone. And they said Pacific. So offer ends Pacific time midnight on Friday. 